welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. I am your host, Christy, and I am here with my friend and co-host, Bree. Hello! And we are, we are here, we have returned to kick off our new season, our 2024 season. And yes. I kind of thought, let's, you know, let's start off with a fun one. Yeah, you've sort of eased us in. This is sort of, this is like, this is an, a, a decent little film. You've, you've yeah. been kind this, this 2024. I, you know what? I was just like, I, I need, I need something to ease me into it. <laughs> and this was a film that I recently watched, uh, uh, I think a month or two ago after eyeing it up for ages on eBay. Um, so this film in question, this is, this is Princess Lost in Time. I've also seen it titled Princess Cursed in Time. It's a mm. 2020 Czech film. And this was one that I found on eBay. Just sometimes I literally just go onto eBay and I type, <laughs> I type like princess, princess movie, <laughs> princess DVD, yeah, princess DVD, and I just see Amazing. what pops up. And this one, this one popped up, and the premise of it, I thought this this seems kind of rad as hell. Uh, and yeah, sat on it for a little bit because uh, shipping in this day and age is fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> I remember the days when I used to be able to get a movie shipped to me for like five bucks and now everything is like at least like 20, 25 bucks. This is, what God. changed? Something changed. I don't is know. It, it's nonsense. It's horseshit and everything gets, everything comes with, with customs on it now too. So you pay even more than that. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> So I, <laughs> I sat on it for a while, but I finally bit the bullet and I ordered this DVD. And I'm glad I did because I really, I enjoyed the hell of this movie. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, you you sent this to me and sort of with no preamble. I, I think, well, because I think we talked about it a little bit on the, uh, the retrospective last mm-hmm. year. Uh, but like... It's a live action film. It's sort of, it's not something I've heard before. And, you know, I was intrigued, but also like, you know, live action period films can be hit and miss <laughs> depending yeah. on, you know, the budget and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. how things are. But like, I was very pleasantly surprised. This was a decent little film. Yeah, it's, it's very well crafted. And yeah. it's, it's, it's to the point that I was surprised that I hadn't heard of this one before. And granted it is because it's a Czech film, obviously we are here in North America. So maybe this is something yeah. that was better known in Europe and we're, mm-hmm. we're just oblivious to it over here. But yeah, it's, I, I just, I really, I thought this was just a really well done story. And as we'll get into it, there is a, there's a time travel time looping element to this film that I, I just thought like this is such a cool well-crafted plot how everything is set up and the payoff to how it's all set up uh i'll get into it later but it felt very like video gamey which i really like yeah yeah it definitely has that sort of video game loop yeah. which is really neat yeah i will i will say this 
It wasn't my first choice for the opening to our 2024 season. Uh, just as a fun fact, Brie, is I have a movie uh-huh. that is themed around New Year's. Um, oh, okay. But, but the, the problem is, is that it's a Hallmark film. And oh. and you pretty explicitly said in our, uh, in, I think it must have been <laughs> the Christmas Prince 2, uh, where you were like, I need a break from Hallmark for a bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you. I'll, I'll Thank save you, Christy, you. for sparing <laughs> yeah, I, me. <laughs> it's. You know, we already we we just took a look at a film involving an everyday woman falling in love with a you know a, pr- a prince on Christmas. We probably didn't need to see an everyday woman falling it's in love with a prince on New Year's. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, space those out a little oh. bit more, maybe. But uh, I thought yeah. maybe this one, you know, it's a new year. Time is passing. Uh, kind of works for your beginning of the year. Mm. Mm, yeah maybe. yeah that works yeah no this works perfectly yeah thank you i appreciate you christy for not, <laughs> for not doing you know that to me yeah just know that once we finish the christmas prince series that film is waiting to strike well we can't do it next year because then we'll be coming fresh off a of christmas prince three and yeah. i will be even less in- inclined <laughs> to yeah, maybe maybe Christmas Prince Three is what wins you over to the the Hallmark style uh, Prince uh, Christmas movie. You know, you know, it's gonna be combining a couple of my least favorite things. So <laughs> I have a feeling it won't. But you never know, I guess. Yeah. But that's a problem for twelve months from now, Brie and Christy. Yeah. yeah. So f- f- for now. <laughs> We can talk about a decent little film. Yeah. So on that note, maybe it's it's time to get into the summary for this film. Yeah. Um, so just as a heads up, so again, this is a Czech film. This is in, in uh, the original uh, Czech language. So this is going to be a clipless episode. So I guess that's another treat I'm giving myself. Less editing for this opening episode of the <laughs> season. Um. But yeah, so no clips for this one, but the summary is going to be a little longer to try and make up for it. So let's get into the summary for Princess Lost in Time. In the kingdom of Hispania, King Robert VIII sends a message to the rulers of other nearby kingdoms requesting their help. As a baby, his daughter, Princess Ellen, was cursed by the evil witch Murian. The curse, a darkness that will devour the kingdom, is set to take effect at sundown on Ellen's upcoming 20th birthday. And with that, we are introduced to Princess Ellen, on the dawn of her birthday. Ellen is an arrogant, sometimes downright rude young woman, as evidenced by her conversation with two guards who she catches reading a book while on duty. Ellen's bad mood is largely due to the hubbub surrounding her birthday, as many members of her kingdom have already fled in fear, and the ones that remain won't stop reminding her about the curse. Meanwhile, Prince John, Ellen's childhood friend and the only prince to reply to King Robert's letter, 
has arrived and meets with the king and chief alchemist Archibald. Archibald has discovered an ancient text that has told them that even the most powerful curse can be broken by love that is stronger than the fear of one's death. King Robert asks Prince John, who is already in love with Ellen, to do his best to win her heart and stop the curse. As we find out, Ellen herself is seemingly not convinced the curse is even real, and so she goes about her day ignoring the looming threat, going shopping and practicing archery with her best friend Amelia, an apprentice alchemist. Ellen completely ignores Prince John, despite John's best efforts to meet with her. The day passes, and it's now time for Ellen's birthday dinner. The awkwardness of the dinner is cut short, as an encroaching black storm cloud heralds the arrival of the curse. At the urging of King Robert, John and Ellen kiss, but it does nothing to stop the curse. They and the entire kingdom are swallowed up by darkness, but not before a mysterious sigil on Ellen's hand begins to glow. Suddenly, Ellen wakes up, back in her bed. Confused, Ellen leaves the room, only to have the book-reading guards wish her happy birthday. That's not the only conversation that repeats itself. Everywhere Ellen goes, she hears and experiences the same conversations and events over again. Ellen re-experiences the entire day, and once again finds herself at her birthday dinner where, once again, the kiss fails and the curse takes effect. And once again, Ellen wakes back up in her bed on the dawn of her 20th birthday. She tries to convince the castle staff that she's reliving the same day over and over, but as expected, no one believes her. Overhearing Ellen wallowing about the wasted time, the castle cook gives Ellen the advice to make the most of every day. Ellen decides to act on this advice, making a spectacle of herself at the next birthday dinner by calling out her father's useless plan and Prince John's ineffective kiss. This, of course, does nothing to stop the curse, and once again, Princess Ellen wakes back up in her bed. For a while, Ellen enjoys the repeating days, finding freedom in the lack of consequences. However, after an unknown amount of days pass, Ellen starts realizing that she's trapped. She focuses her efforts on trying to break the curse by spending her day with Prince John. After a few days of failures, Ellen does seem to warm up to Prince John. At the next birthday dinner, Ellen is hopeful that, this time, the curse will break the spell. But, once again, it fails, as a single kiss does not equate to true love. Ellen wakes back up in bed. She goes to Archibald, expecting to have to convince him of the time loop, but it turns out he was expecting such a thing to happen. Archibald was the one who put the rune on Ellen's hand, the rune of time, in the hopes that it would protect her. Archibald tells Ellen that she must either find her true love or kill Mirian, who has been seen lurking in an abandoned castle elsewhere in the kingdom. Archibald also explains that the reason why Murian cursed Ellen in the first place is because King Robert refused to give Murian Ellen's soul, which would have given Murian immortality if the soul was given away willingly on the seventh day after Ellen's birth. And so, with love seemingly not an option, Ellen begins her quest to kill Murian. Murian has used magic to seal the old castle, meaning Ellen first has to find a way to break the spell. Archibald gives Ellen the location of the locksmith scroll, which is hidden in the mountains behind four trials. Using knowledge she gleaned from her earlier time loops, Ellen is able to convince Amelia and Prince John about the repeating days, and the three set out to the mountains. It takes several time loops to do so, but eventually Ellen is able to claim the locksmith scroll. They use it to unlock the spell on the old castle and confront Mirian, but they are almost immediately outmatched by Mirian and her magic. Ellen wakes up the next day, ready to start the cycle again, 
and again, they fail to defeat Mirian. But little by little, Ellen and her friends begin developing strategies that get them closer and closer to defeating the witch. At the start of one cycle, Ellen wakes up in bed and exits her room, and this time, realizes that the book the two guards are reading is a book about killing witches. According to the book, a witch's magic is stored in their crystal. Destroy the crystal, and you destroy the source of their power. The seeker to destroy Mirian is therefore the crystal rose that she keeps in her lair. And so in the next cycle, Ellen and her friends do their best to destroy the crystal. Mirian begins to taunt Ellen, and Ellen fires back, telling Mirian that no matter what, she'll be back. Which causes Mirian to realize that Ellen is being protected by magic. To Ellen's horror, Mirian destroys Archibald's protection spell, and Ellen wakes up the next morning, back in bed, on her 20th birthday, but without the Rune of Time. And so, Ellen has one last day to defeat Mirian. Amelia goes to Archibald to warn him of the final battle, while Ellen and John go to the castle square to tell everyone to flee, in the event of their failure. While retrieving the lockkeeper's scroll yet again, Ellen realizes that she's finally fallen in love with John. Before facing off against Mirian for the last time, Ellen and John talk openly of their love for each other. And so, they enter Mirian's lair, joined by Archibald and many of the king's men. The battle begins, but despite their valiant effort, Mirian still outmatches the group. Mirian fires her magic at Prince John, but Ellen leaps in the way and takes the hit for him, and this act of true love causes the magic to backfire on Mirian. Just before the Crystal Rose is destroyed, Mirian is promised that the curse has not been stopped. And true to her word, the Black Storm Cloud still approaches the castle. Bidding each other goodbye, John and Ellen kiss, and suddenly the darkness is dispelled. The storm clouds fade away, and the kingdom is saved. And so, finally, Ellen wakes up the day after her birthday. Ellen and John are married, with Amelia acting as officiant, having been promoted to full-fledged alchemist. The film ends with Ellen and John's first kiss as husband and wife. good little film it's got it's got a nice little story yeah it's it's i this is and and this is a problem i've constantly talked about on this podcast maybe i need to get over this but i feel like sometimes (laughs) the summaries really do not do the film justice and in this case yeah just just explaining the plot it's not the same as experiencing it and seeing how everything plays out because this film is so good with how it does the repetition um and just like the little things that it sets up and the later scenes where you see the the payoff for it and mhm it's it's funny i was thinking about this that this movie is going to be hard to make clips for twitter because what makes each scene interesting is that it it has built on a scene that came before it. So seeing the moments yeah. in isolation, it doesn't do it justice, I think. Yeah. It definitely, like, builds upon itself really nicely. And the way it's edited together is also, like, I was very impressed. Um, mm. Because there's a lot of ways that it could be made tedious. 
when you're in like a time loop situation. Mm-hmm. But what I appreciated a lot is like even in the first loop, they only show a small handful of scenes of her being like, what the fuck is going on? Um, mm-hmm. Before it, it starts the loop. So you're not, you know, you're never forced to be like, okay, here's another scene of her, you know, X, Y, Z, doing the same thing again, realizing it's did the same, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's well paced. Yeah. To sort of keep it up and keep your attention. They know that the audience, they trust that the audience is smart enough to get it. You don't yeah. need to see every moment of every day repeated. You just want, like, they they go through, when, when Ellen first wakes up, um, you know, she wakes up, she throws, she there's a, a flower that she tosses out the window because it's an old flower. And then she gets scared by a mouse in her room. She, and she goes outside and she gets the the guards wish her happy birthday again. That's that's all you need. That's like that's the perfect amount of detail. We get it. We are already up to speed. We know that she's in a loop. And the rest is just little additional tidbits here and there to I think just help 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 make sure you understand, like, okay, Ellen Ellen doesn't know what the hell's going on. It's taking her like, she just thinks she's going crazy that entire first day, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's moments, too, later on where, uh, like, Ellen is friends with the cook. And so part of that first day that we see in depth before the time loot starts is that the cook has a grocery list and Ellen volunteers to go and get the grocery list. And so when Ellen is in the loops... She's trying to convince the the cook about the loops by like saying everything on her grocery list and and that that doesn't um that doesn't convince the cook by itself because the cook rationalizes that oh well I just left the list out where anybody could see it and what Ellen what gets Ellen to convince the cook that she's in a loop is that she's able Ellen is able to say the exact amount of change that is in everyone's pocket in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And we don't see Ellen finding out that information, but we know that that's obviously, that happened on a day that we, like, we just didn't see that moment. We don't need to be seen it. We just need to see now the cook reacts to, oh, shit, how did you know that? Maybe there is something to this time looping thing. Okay. Yeah, like I appreciate that we don't have to we don't have to sit through the first where she finds the information and then come back and then she uses the information. It's like, no, like we get it. She's in a time loop. One of the loops she found out how much changes in her pocket, and we can just she can just use that in a su- in subsequent loops. Hmm. It's like yeah, okay, yeah. And I, it's fun because the with the time loop too. It's so, it, it, it sort of solves a few problems that other movies might have. Because if you think of this film from the perspective of someone who wasn't Ellen, someone in the kingdom who, yeah. within the span of a day, all of a sudden their princess has gone from being a arrogant kind of um, jerk 
uh, of a person <laughs> who is like swearing, like, you know, there's no way she could ever be in love with Prince John. All of a sudden, within a day, she is now turned into a much kinder, uh, like, more mature person. And now she's like, she's totally fine with marrying this Prince John guy. It would be, I, I feel like that's something that in other fairy tale films, we have seen that it's not even a character arc. It's just like a character trajectory. Like, it's not like the character, <laughs> the character, just, didn't, the character line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that's just like, it's like the plot dictating how the character should act rather than the character changing and acting that way because they've learned mm -hmm. something. But because of this film, because of the time loops, Ellen is able to fall in love with Prince John or to learn not to be a jerk because she has God knows how many days to reflect on herself. This is it's basically, it's the fantasy version of the Groundhog's Day movie where you have yeah. a jerk character become a better person because they have all the time in the world to really reflect on themselves and how their actions impact people around them. Yeah, I and I I will admit I'm guilty. I have not actually seen the Groundhog Day movie. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. It's um, it's been a while, but it's kind of um Oh Christ. Yeah, it's it's literally been probably at least twenty years for me, so I know that I am probably glossing <laughs> over details, but there is it it is that element to it is that the main character is a jerk, far more of a jerk than Ellen, um, from what I recall. And yeah, they he gets trapped in a looping day and he I think for him, he spends like something like twenty years stuck in that loop because it's implied oh, like Jesus. he he, he, like, becomes, like, an expert pianist or something like that. And, like, people... I just remember, like, seeing, like, people have calculated, like, how long would it have taken him to <laughs> learn all of the skills that skills. he learns? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, I, I, I don't think it's, like... I don't think it's said anywhere in the film, but it's, like, yeah, theorized. Um, but, no, it's, it's like, a similar, similar thing of you get to watch Ellen... Like, the very... The very first see thing we see of ellen doing in this film as an adult is that she throws away a perfectly good rose because it's one day old she just hucks yeah, it so out it's the like window an immediately established as being kind of just like oh oh okay yeah cool so she's she's kind of a little shit yeah i see and then she she goes outside her her bedroom door and there are two guards there and First off, like, she's very insistent that you can't just call me princess. It's your highness. You have to address me as your yeah. highness. And then she's introduced to there's a new guard named Frank. And Frank is a little person. And Ellen makes a shitty joke about how yeah. they, they're cutting the castle staff short or they're short-staffed. Um, yeah. And then I liked this part because it immediately puts Ellen in her fucking place um, because the other guard points out that, yeah, that's because people keep fleeing the kingdom because of your curse. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of the equivalent of like talk shit, get hit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just fuck around, find out. You, yeah. Like, yeah, f like fucking. Yeah. Yeah. And even, even stuff too, like we, the whole with Ellen going to the uh, the 
courtyard or the the town to go get groceries she just kind of wanders through and she sees the peasantry going about their day selling their wares there's like a a riddle guy who is um <laughs> like just like you know t- answer me my riddles three and i'll give you some fucking money yeah haha so of course all the the poor peasants are like like we gotta we gotta win some money because little timmy needs to eat um yeah <laughs> And there's, there's, Ellen sees a pickpocket steal a woman's purse, and she does fucking nothing to stop it on that first day. Um, but as the time loops go on, she, you know, you see her, she becomes nicer to the guard. She starts remembering people's names, and, and, like, she, she, she stops the pickpocket at one point, and... Uh, she gives the riddle guy, because, uh, you know, the guy wanting to solve the riddle, she knows the answer because she's heard it every goddamn day for the last, like, three months or however long it's been. So she gives yeah. him the riddle so that he can win money for his family. Yeah. Like, you you see her progressively sort of, like, notice the people around her, which is good. Yeah. Oh. I I will say, though, too, I do like that... Her being a bitchy character, it does make a bit of sense because yeah, she has had this curse hanging over her her entire life, and you could tell she like she's just like she's fed up. She's spent her entire yeah. life people looking at her with either fear or pity, and and it's like I like it's obviously made her withdraw a little bit and put up this barrier. Mm-hmm. For oh yeah, for sure. Like it's, it makes sense that she is how she is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't excuse it, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it just means that it makes it like you sympathize with her even when she is being bitchy, because that's a lot of weight to carry with you your entire yeah, life. Exactly. Yeah, and I I did like how they made it so that she was kind of. It's a, it's a little ambiguous if she is actually fully in denial about the curse, but it does seem like it's, like, a coping mechanism for sure. That she's, like, you know, well, like, the only people that that uh, saw me get cursed are my dad and Archibald, so it's like, well, maybe they didn't, you know, they didn't actually know what they're seeing. Maybe this curse is, is bullshit. It means nothing. Yeah, maybe it's just, maybe it's nothing. It was just, like, a big bluff to make me live in misery. Like, yeah. Which it is interesting because Mirian does specifically point that out yeah. as part of her curse. She says, I condemn your yeah. daughter she's to like... live in fear. Yeah, she's like, not only is she cursed so that on, on her 20th birthday, all this will happen. I'm I'm adding to this curse. I'm selling you this curse now. She's seven days old. The next 20 years, she gets to live with this. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Yeah, fucking. It's like. Yeah. I don't think I have the patience for that kind of shit. Yeah, that's like a I long think time to sort of. Wait for your revenge. Yeah. But I guess if you know that you're you're getting revenge every day. I guess, but like. It's a, it's a little bit, little dose of revenge every day. I don't know if this is morbid, but I'm just like, I don't know, life is short. <laughs> like, what happens if, like, Miriam, like, she gets a heart attack and she dies and then she doesn't get to see her revenge taken out, you know? Like, 
Live live every day like it's your last is what I'm saying, even when you're an <laughs> evil witch. Well, I guess, I mean, the, the what's his, Archibald says, like, magic has certain rules. It doesn't define what those rules are, but, like, yeah. according to the magic rules, like, she couldn't just, like, fucking take her revenge then. Yeah. I guess there's she- some kind of magic sh- shenanigans that she had to, like, curse her for 20 years or whatever. Yeah. I I did like the, like, her, like, she could only take Ellen's soul if it was willingly given to her on the seventh day after birth. Like, it's kind of funny when there's, like, bureaucracy and magic like that. I love it. It's so silly. (laughs) (laughs) Just, there's some really arbitrary rules for for this uh, magic shit, but I guess that's how it works. Fine. Like who just des- who right. decided this shit? Who like made this rule? Who discovered this? You know, <laughs> to, uh, to, who knows? I like to think it's just sort of like a like a weird natural phenomenon. You just have to sort of do experiments until it works. Yeah, I guess. Well, and they they do call out too in the film that it's specifically a royal soul. So it's like. Okay, so does that mean that if you're not royalty, that a witch can just take your soul on any given day? <laughs> or is it that only royal souls can ever get taken? Oh. Or, like, a witch can take a non-royal soul, but it's not going to help them, so, like, they don't? <laughs> yeah. Is this, do you think this, would this be, like, the medieval equivalent of a paternity test in this kingdom? <laughs> <laughs> like you're not sure if you're... I can tell that your soul uh would give me immortality, so you are in fact a trueborn heir of, yeah. of the kingdom. Wow! Maybe. Wow! Maybe Miriam could have gotten a job elsewhere outside of cursing <laughs> babies. Yeah, that seems I don't know more lucrative. <laughs> Maybe uh, I guess it depends on. There's a lot of things that. you can do. I guess if you're both evil enough to want a soul of a baby and like want immortality then i guess you know you've got other priorities maybe yeah wonder like she should, maybe she should have just kept trying other babies <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah maybe- there's other kingdoms she clearly has like she can turn into a bird and go wherever she wants yeah Maybe she has been. Maybe that's been her whole thing. Like, she's like, all right, I'll give myself 20 years. And if I can't get a different baby soul, I'll come back for, for my revenge. <laughs> Maybe. Can, but can even I just... then, even like at the end of this film, Ellen tries to be like, okay, fine. Just take my soul. Just take my soul and spare the, the kingdom. And I don't care anymore. And she's like, it only would have worked when you were seven days old. You're too fucking late. And it's like, yeah. well... Okay, so I, I did like that because it it meant that there wasn't an easy out for Ellen. Like she couldn't just like end it yeah. there, you know. Yeah. On on the note of Murian turning into a crow, I know that it's 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 definitely a cliche, but I love I love a good pet crow with a villain. Oh hell yeah! She's got all these crows. Yeah, I. And- I. No, sorry. You finish your. No, no, no. You, you go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Mine wasn't about crows. Go for it. <laughs> Was it about owls? Maybe. Because <laughs> I, 
I, I was gonna say, <laughs> Ellen, Ellen has a pet owl, and I'm so fucking jealous. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> I love owls. I love specifically those kinds of owls, yeah. like the barn owl types with the uh, 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 the heart-shaped face. Yeah. Face, but they're so cute. I love so much. I was I... like, oh my god, she's got a little fairy angel in her room. Yeah, just like watching over her while she sleeps. I, oh. I... I realized afterwards that I I bet they probably gave her that owl specifically because it maybe would ward off any of Murian's crows that would try and come in. So it's like yeah. it's like a functional owl, you know? Yeah, a, fun- a functional owl. But yeah, I was very much And it's jealous. supposed to catch the mice that's that's are apparently <laughs> in her room. Yeah, that, Which that too. I imagine like that was probably just a, a problem you had in old medieval castles. Like, yeah, what the fuck are you they gonna had... do to keep the mice out? Exactly. Like, what are you gonna do? They haven't invented steel wool yet. You can't just like cram that into corners. No, you gotta get cats or birds to take yeah. care of those for you because they're gonna get in. Oh god, yeah. I love that owl so much. I just wanted. I wanted. So, oh my god. I want that. I want a pet, a little owl. Why can't I have? I know a they're pet? the. I know they're the dumbest little birds. They have <laughs> nothing in their heads. They're made of ninety percent fluff. And they are so so soft. I did. I, I feel like I've maybe mentioned oh. this on this podcast before, but I did pet a barn owl at one point. My my eternal fucking jealousy about the fact that you you have gotten to to pet a little barn owl. It uh. was was so soft so soft i could have i could have spent at least like an, a full hour just like like just petting it but also they are surprisingly heavy or maybe i am also just weak one of the two <laughs> <laughs> maybe both but like i'm like i'm like i don't want to i don't want to leave i don't want to like put this owl back i'm just loving having it on my arm and getting to stroke it but also holy shit my arm started to hurt You are not powerful enough. No. I need to start start lifting so that next time I come across a barn owl that I could hold it for longer. Titanidae owls are my favorite. They're my favorite animals. They're the best. And I'm not just saying that because Jareth is a barn owl. It's a uh-huh. large part of it, but they are also just the the best owls. This is a fact, not an opinion. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Because there's, there's two different kinds of owls. There's the Titanidae and the Strigiforms. And, and Titanidae are the ones with barnells in them. They have, like, the face discs. Anyway, yeah. those are my favorite animals. And when I see them, I'm like, <gasps> Anyway. <laughs> the best. That was the highlight of the film for you. I mean, it was, it was very much a high point <laughs> for me as well. I'm not going to lie. Oh. But yes, anyways. <laughs> anyways, what were we talking about? All right, the film. Hey, Christy, have you ever seen the movie Happy Death Day? Happy Death Day. It sounds familiar, but I don't think I've seen it. It's from 2017. And it is about a, a, a girl in college who wakes up on her birthday. and She's kind of shitty. And she goes through the day, and at the end of the day, she gets fucking killed. <laughs> okay. Then the she end. wakes up on her birthday again. Oh. 
Um, and it's a Groundhog Day sort of situation also. It's a black comedy slasher film about a girl who wakes up every day on her birthday and has to solve her death. And okay. like, I, I couldn't help thinking of it while I was watching this. I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember very much enjoying it. It's, it's a very silly film. Um, okay. I'll have yeah, to look it's, it up. It's got a very similar, similar sort of situation where she wakes up and has to go and she goes through the days every day sort of she also falls in love with like this one with this one dude over time and like because she keeps living the loops and he's helping her and she's trying because even when she doesn't get killed something else kills her like she's she <laughs> she can't oh. stop dying and it's 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 very it's got a very similar sort of premise so yeah i i I also if you don't mind like a a a slasher film it's a very fun little film as long as it's like a goofy slasher film yeah and it is yeah good good yeah i mean this movie had princesses though so obviously it's the superior movie yeah of oh of course (laughs) (laughs) It's you know what that's a bit when the dark storm cloud comes over the kingdom, they sort of gloss over it. But it it I I guess it yeah like it is everybody dies. I it's guess just, so. Like I guess that's sort of. I mean, it has to be because, like, how else? Like, I guess it's just like everyone in the kingdom freaking dies. Yeah. There, there is a bit where, um, so for a long while in the movie, you know, Ellen is trying to solve, stop the curse by kissing John. And so we sort of see the same scene play out where they kiss and then the cloud comes over anyways and they're at the castle. But once they go off on their adventure to get the lockkeeper's scroll, the first time they set out to do that, they fail and so they are out in the woods, the the group, the three of them, and the storm cloud comes over them. And it's an interesting moment because it feels like it's it's a lot more solemn than all of the other times the storm cloud has come over the kingdom. And it's you see um Amelia starts singing it's like a folk song almost, like of Yeah. About the situation. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know if, like, if she just came up with this on the spot, or if this was, like, if somebody was writing a song about Ellen's, um, shitty curse life. Uh, That must have been (laughs) weird for her to, to hear that, um. Yeah. But it's actually, like, it's honestly, like, it's a really cool moment with the song really and, and singing. And, and as she's singing, you cut two shots of the kingdom and the peasantry are basically fleeing in terror as this, this cloud, like, rolls through their homes. And there's, like, you see, like, Ellen's dad back at the castle. And 
that must have been an interesting day from his perspective because he was yeah. banking on John and that kiss and maybe that kiss at the end of his daughter's birthday dinner. That's what solves it. But on this day, his daughter just went and fucked off to the woods. They don't With know the what prince. the hell's going on. With they don't the know prince. what's going. Yeah, they don't know what's going on. He's at this dinner like, I f- I'm so, I uh, guess we're fucked, man. Y- yeah. Oh, boy. I do, I do like that it's not an instant, like, you know, sunset happens and the day resets. It's like the storm cloud, there's a delay between it approaching and when the time loop resets. And it gives Ellen and everyone else, like, time to really think about what is happening to them. And it's, yeah, in, in universe, it's horrifying. Of course, it makes for a very interesting film to see their reactions to this impending demise. Yeah, their their repeated impending demise. Yeah. Oh, Christ. This this movie has such Majora's Mask vibe to it. Oh, and I, I never played Majora's Mask. But you but you, surely you know of the plot, right? Um Moon is falling. <laughs> that is all moon, I know. Moon falls, moon everyone fall, dies. Wear mask. <laughs> yes. Everyone okay. dies. It's it's sort of a similar setup where uh, the protagonist is in a time loop and has to, like, destroy the evil within the confines of this loop. So in Majora's Mask, you get three days. Um, and you have, you know, like, of course, it's a video game. So you have your, your side quests and... And the dungeons that you have to go into, the little puzzles that you have to solve, all oh, under yes. this impending demise of everyone you have come to know. Um, and so, yeah, oh, this oh, film God. definitely gives me that kind of vibe. Um, because, like, Ellen, it's similar to Link in Majora's Mask. Ellen has to redo all of her achievements every day. It's sort of like she's slowly learning how to speedrun um, the day. <laughs> She kind of is, yeah, 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 yeah. Like so, yeah. she she's she's doing that so she can achieve the ultimate, uh, the world record on the the last day. <laughs> Any percent she... don't die run. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, she she saves everyone. She completes every side quest. Um, because like when she wakes up on that last day, and it's a, it's an interesting moment because she wakes up and she checks her hand and she sees that the rune of time is no longer there. So she knows this is my last shot. And yeah, she's sort of like, there's almost like this, like, like strange calmness to her because she gets up and she's like very kind to the guards outside her door. She goes and gets the groceries um, she stops the pickpocket, she helps the riddle guy, you know, it's, it's almost like everything is okay, you know, it's yeah. just a normal day, and, and you, you wonder why she's bothering to do all that when she's got far more important things to do, but maybe it's just like, it's, again, it's like a peace of mind thing that, yeah, she's like, I, I know, at least I can do these little things. Yeah. 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 Like, no matter how the rest of the day is going to go, at least she has these, like, she's done this. She's accomplished this. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh. I like it. Just a good movie. Go everybody go watch this movie cuz I I... <laughs> I have seen yeah, I like... did s- I did see a trailer for this movie cuz we obviously we watched the subtitled version. But I did yes. see a trailer for this movie where it did have an English dub. Oh, interesting. I haven't seen an English dub pop up in my like I did try searching for the movie, so I I maybe this is like an upcoming release that they're doing. Um. Oh, okay. Like someone just, bringing it over and dubbing it. Yeah, maybe. I I'd hope, anyways. I would like more people to see this film. Yeah. Like watch it in the original language with with subtitles if you can. But like, yeah. Hopefully, once it would if it gets dubbed and released more wide over here it'd be good because it also like because i was thinking it's also not like uh it's not a kids kids movie but it is like suitable for like yeah like eight to ten year old kids kind of thing like but then they're probably not gonna want to watch something with subtitles um so if it gets dubbed, then hopefully, like, that sort of, the sort of age range it's for will be, it'll be more accessible in other countries mm. for other other languages. Yeah, that's true. I definitely, when it comes to live action films, I have a hard time watching dubs because I feel like yeah. it's I'm just, like, very hyper aware of that. Those aren't the words that they're saying. Like, you can see the mouth movements. It just doesn't <laughs> match up. You, you, yeah, is easier. What something like um, when like dubbed anime, it's a lot easier to get into that because the lip flaps are like even if they don't do anything to match them, it's at least like it's more forgiving, you know. Yeah, well, they're not they're not hitting all the phenoms. Like they're not yeah. in in a lot of anime. They just sort of do very simple uh, like lip sync animation so they, they're not hitting every sort of mouth shape that you would make when you were speaking um so mm-hmm. that makes it easier to sort of match with any other language is it's just sort of like not puppet like there's obviously more to it than just like bop 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 up and down yeah but it's it is more it's yeah it's more forgiving yeah and i, I think um, too like you yeah. could kind of tell when someone has been dubbed even if it's like an english dub that they've like um that they've replaced the audio in post like they've redubbed the line oh yeah 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 you could tell because like the energy of the performance doesn't match the energy of the vocals yeah so definitely i would recommend checking out the czech version of this one yeah if you can if you're if you're interested in fun like fairy tale adventures or and and like any if you're just interested in in watching a nice little film take a look yeah <laughs> we should have saved that for the end i guess because that almost feels like a good place probably to end it, but i've got more shit to yeah. say <laughs> oh goodness well, i mean i actually didn't take that many notes because i was actually just like I actually kind of just kicked back and enjoyed the film. So I didn't yeah. really end up taking a lot of notes on this one. A lot of my notes are either like, I don't, like very obvious stuff or very like minor nitpicky stuff. Like this isn't like a, <laughs> this isn't like a Swan Princess movie where we do like an extended deep dive into like, why, why is this trash? 
here's how we would fix it. <laughs> it's like, this is just a fun-ass film. And so I mostly, my notes are mostly me going like, oh, I really like this moment. This is a cool moment. Here's why I like it. What, what, mo- <laughs> what moments did you like, Christy? Oh, goodness. Okay, so there's, there's a few within the Prince John and Ellen and their romance. Um, yes. So, oh, I don't know which one. I, okay, I'll, I'll just go in, like, thematic order, I guess. So first off, <laughs> like, when Ellen is trying to romance John, to I, more like, I guess, trying to, like, get herself to love him. Um, well, and some... get him to fall in love with her. Yeah. Because she doesn't realize that he already does love her. Yeah, that's true. She thinks that she has to go through all these, like, hoops to be absolutely perfect so that when they have this kiss at the end of her birthday, it's actually love and it works. And that that thing of perfectionism, I find really interesting. And it's kind of funny at some points because there's a few times where, um, like, like, Ellen says something to John. Like, when, when she first goes to him to arrange the date, like, let's go out to the woods, or, like, let's go do whatever. She, she at first, like, she offers, um, you know, like, let's let's go have a picnic and drink some wine. And he goes, oh, well, I don't really drink, but that sounds fun regardless. Maybe we could do tea. And Ellen, like, storms away because, I, I don't know, like, <laughs> it like, wasn't That per- wasn't perfect. No, and, yeah. And, and, and she's like makes a big stink about it and so she goes away she she allows like the day to pass because she yeah. had a slightly <laughs> awkward conversation with him yeah. so that she could she come back the next the day. Of the day and is like all right next day i know i know what he wants yeah next day i'm just gonna offer tea from the get-go and it's just like you could have just you could have just gone out with him like, because he wasn't mean about it. He was just very like, no. oh, yeah, like, let's, you know, can we do tea instead? Or or stuff like, um, they, so they, they, they make it to the woods and they're, they're just hanging out in there. And when they were kids, John and Ellen, they would play with burrs. They would throw them at each other. And so on their date in the woods, he sees a patch of these and he asks her, do you remember? And... And then he jumps up and he starts, like, throwing some of them at Ellen. And he's, you know, again, he's expecting her to fight back like they did as kids. But yeah. instead, Ellen gets really mad at him because one of the burrs ends up in her hair. And so, again, after a tense moment, she ends the date. And she's just like, let's just do this. She's like, oh, again. fuck, I fucked it up. I, oh, this is, it's over. I'm going home. Yeah, that's yeah. Just, fuck it. Let's just go die. Um, and so, again... <laughs> The next the next day, things play out, but this time Ellen joins in, and she's throwing them, and they're having fun, and it's all it's all picture perfect. But this time she hits John in the eye with one of the burrs. But instead of ending the date, Ellen apologizes, and she tends to John, and, like, he, he's fine with that. He accepts it, and he actually, he, this touches her, him so much that he ends up confiding in her this a secret we never find out what the secret is yeah they never tell us what this secret is which yeah. is kind of fun yeah it's just john says that it's it's a secret that he's never told anyone and so that ends up being what allows ellen to convince him that the days are repeating that she's able to tell him the secret 
But mm-hmm. but yeah, I really like that moment with the burrs because again, Ellen like it shows Ellen didn't have to end the date on that first day. She could have probably just said, no. like, sorry, I overreacted to John. Uh, but she let a small perfection ruin the day. Whereas on the second day, John arguably got a much worse injury. Like, she only got the burr in her hair. He got a burr in his eyeball. <laughs> and he yeah. took it in stride. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, that date ended up being this key role in the movie. Because of, it's what allows John to... Every day, Ellen wakes up and is able to give John this secret. And that's what gets her him to follow her. Yeah, that that's what allows her to get the ball rolling without yeah. much fuss. Yeah. Uh, and then the other, the other thing from their relationship that I like is, again, like, we, we kind of talked about this, but the... The act of the looping days and how that's able to allow Ellen to gently fall for John and to like defrost a little bit and to warm up to him. Because when yeah. she was trying to manufacture it, obviously it wasn't working. But when they were on the quest, so when she has, she's given up on the love angle. It's all about, we gotta figure out how to get the locksmith scroll so that we could just kill, kill Murian. And so... Yeah. They have to go on this quest in in the mountains and they complete a few trials that reveal like step by step how to get to these the scroll. And one of these is called the Ears of Secret. Um so the Ears of Secret it's literally just like these this giant ear carved out of stone into the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Ellen has to disclose a truth that others want to hear so john and amelia have to ask ellen a question that they've been wanting to hear the answer to but have been too afraid to ask and so yeah they they ask the question ellen has to answer honestly and the ear confirms whether or not it's truthful and if she answers their questions honestly it will give her her the next step to getting the scroll Mm -hmm. and so john the, the the thing, the secret that he wants the answer to that he was too afraid to ask ends up being, does Ellen love me? And at first, the truth that the ears of secret confirm as the truth is that Ellen doesn't know. Which... Yeah. So at first she's like, no, I, I don't. Yeah. And then they don't confirm it. And then she's like, uh, do I? I don't. No, and it's like, yep, that's correct, and it's like, oh, yeah. oh, okay, well, that's fair, you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know is a valid qu- answer. <laughs> yeah, I did. I really liked that that the the ear took that as an answer because I know that I have given that myself, and certain people <laughs> do not accept. I don't know, <laughs> but sometimes you just don't know. I just don't fucking know. Sometimes I'm. I'm just a little dumb, and I don't know what I fucking want. <laughs> Get off my back. <laughs> Chill out. Yeah. 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 But later on in the film, so this is after a good few more loops, including um, a few battles with Mirian, one of them being the one that uh, Prince John, like, loudly declared his love for Ellen in front of her to Mirian. 
Um, yeah. Once they're like, back, he, at- she kind of gets knocked out, knocked back, and he's he's one v one sword fighting this this witch. Yeah. And he declares his love for her, and about how he's always kind of loved her. Yeah. And and Ellen. So they're so they're back at the ear now, and. Of course, Ellen's Ellen's doing the speed run tactics, so she's just like, "Ask me your question." She's like, "I don't know." <laughs> like she's not even thinking about it; she just knows that's the answer that it always accepted. But now, all of a sudden, the ear doesn't accept "I don't know" as the answer, and then yeah. Ellen realizes that it's because now the answer is yes. She now does love John. Yeah, I like that, that's such a good little. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, it's just yeah, and it's just such a nice. Again, I love like the time looping. Like she was able to slowly, like just naturally fall in love with him over time. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing all that he's done to try and help her and and like sacrifice himself to to try and and save her and her kingdom you know and like we like we also don't really know what ellen's true feelings were for john in the beginning because she she very like loudly proclaims to the the cook because the cook tells her that john is is on his way and i think ellen ellen seems to know something was up i think she like kind of knew ahead of time that her dad was going to try this love angle so she was very loudly proclaiming that like like no, John doesn't like me. I don't like him. It's hard to tell if that's like legit. She started from zero, or well, because like it's, I feel like it was implied when they talk near the end is that they were like they were pretty close as kids, but then his his mom passes away and she helps him, but then like he ends up in these circumstances where he never comes to visit her again after a while. And like, mm-hmm. she doesn't know why, like she doesn't even actually know that his, his mom has passed. Yeah. And so she just thinks that he just sort of stopped coming to see her and didn't like her anymore and didn't, didn't care about her. So I think it was probably coming from a place of like, I really cared about this person and it really hurt when they just sort of left. Yeah. So that's, I imagine that's sort of the, the implication there is that like, it wasn't a zero, but it was like a place of like, huh, well, okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess again, it's like her her way of um, trying to like console herself, maybe, I guess. And then it, it turns out that he, the reason why he wasn't able to visit is because his dad took the death of his wife very hard. And so John was supporting him and yeah. i think on, on his side of it too is that it, it was sort of like that perfect storm of miscommunication because then john because ellen had because he like mentions at one point like you like because he doesn't want to admit that he wants to know if ellen loves him so his first question it was something to the effect of why didn't you invite me to your 12th birthday party or something like that yeah, yeah. So, from his perspective, Ellen stopped inviting him to the castle 
And so he was probably thinking something along those lines too. Like, oh, like, is she just not interested? Like, what happened? We used to be so close. Like, they, basically, these people just needed to get together and talk about their feelings. Like, yeah. So, like, somebody... he probably withdrew because he had, you know, had to take care of his dad and stuff. And she felt like he abandoned him. And then he felt like she didn't care about him. And so it was just sort of a, a perfect storm of situation. Yeah. Where it, it just, they wound up falling out of communication and were both hurt by it. Everybody just talk it out. Yeah. But I guess that's harder to do when your kingdom's away from each other and can't just, you know, send an email. <laughs> that's, you know what? That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Because we do see it. It does look like John has to travel, like, a good distance away to reach yeah. the kingdom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's not like they could just, like send some text messages or hop on a phone call i guess that's where that's where you send a dove though or like a carrier pigeon i guess i guess fly my pretty (laughs) and just hope it doesn't get eaten by a hawk on the way over yeah actually i wonder how many how often that happened (laughs) (laughs) like crucial information gets lost along the way because a hawk got the bird (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god i'm just picturing this now because that probably did fucking happen how many That's, lives have yeah been changed? it must have how many lives have been changed because a, a fucking pigeon got eaten by a hawk <laughs> oh that's that's weird to think about oh <laughs> uh. i did i i really liked their their whole romance though i think it was really well done yeah, it's very sweet. I, 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 and very, like, because it took the time, they really, like, because from her perspective, there was a lot of time, there was at least a month of going through these things. Yeah. At, at least. We don't know yeah. exactly how long she was looping, but. Yeah, I think she mentions yeah. to Archibald before they get the key, the scroll thing, like, I think she mentions that she, she estimates it's maybe been 30 days, but it kind of seems like she's looking, losing track. Yeah. Which is fair. I guess you would, like, how would you keep track? You couldn't, so. <gasps> oh, yeah, you really couldn't, because, like, you can't even leave yeah. a tally mark. Oh. Nope. Huh, that's interesting. Oh. I like Archibald. I like his, his, like, Super Saiyan moment at the end of the movie where he powers up. Or he up. just like he takes a little potion and he powers himself up. I expected that to like kill him or something. But no, it was just a little purple potion that give him extra powers for a second and it's like, alright cool, fuck him up, Archibald. <laughs> Kick his <laughs> ass. Make, yeah, kind of makes you wonder why he didn't just do that before if it wasn't going to I guess because like... he, he didn't have backup and it wouldn't have, like him 1v1ing uh, Mirian wouldn't have actually worked. Yeah. But many versus Marion, plus him with a little power up, you know. Yeah. Just just enough of a little boost. <laughs> just a little little something extra. Uh I I like I like Archibald. I just got the impression that he's just like this like he's he's just this old dude. He seems I I was like impressing my own life onto him, so I he's like you're a single guy. <laughs> You just like doing your own thing. <laughs> yeah. Living in a castle. He's, just, he's doing got magic. his little he's got his little like magic sh- workshop where he's got Amelia as like an apprentice. Yeah. 
Doing his alchemy and magic and stuff. Yeah, just hanging out, reading old books. Yeah. So, so, like, he's got a good life. I want his life. Yeah, he's just, he's just fucking chilling. Yeah. I guess he has been researching for the past two decades for a way to break the curse. So, like, there yeah. is there is some things that he's doing that are, you know, time-pressing. Time but, like, more or less, he's he's got a pretty good, you know... Yeah. Good setup. He just seems like a cool dude. Yeah, he just he seems like a cool dude. Ah, <laughs> uh, and I I like that he. So he he has he does seem to have some kind of physical disability because he needs to, uh, yeah. uh, staff to walk, and that's like another example of of a thing that the film sets up that they. I, I like payoff isn't quite the right word, but they set it up so that Archibald, like even he tells Ellen herself that I can't go with you because I'm going to slow you down and time is of the essence. So yeah, I can guide you, but you need to find somebody who can keep up with you to actually do the legwork. Yeah. So it's not like you can just, you, you can't take the, the guy who knows everything with you so that you can do it right the first time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and again, the way it works out, because of the time loop, she is able to go back and consult him when they fail yeah. at some of the trials. But it is, I, I, she's like, I Larry, here's, here's the fast rundown of everything that's happened. Here's where I got stuck. Go. <laughs> yeah, figure it out. Be my walkthrough. And luckily, because he's the one that did the the time rune on her, he's like, I immediately believe you and I'm here to help. And it's like, thank you, Archibald. <laughs> oh, so good. There is there is a sequel to this movie that I, I saw this on oh, really? IMDb. It's apparently, it's like uh, Amelia is the star of it. I Ooh, that's cool. So I'll have to try and track it down. I don't know if it would count for the podcast if it's not I starring. Mean, <laughs> I mean, if it's a sequel to one we did, I feel like we should be able uh, that we should be able to, you know. Yeah, it's like grandfathered in. Count it. Yeah, yeah, we'll exactly. I'll have to try. I have. I like able... Amelia a lot. She's really neat. Yeah. Well, she's just like the cool. Like she's the best friend. You can tell mm -hmm. they've been best friends for, for a long time, like, since they were kids. Mm -hmm. She's, like, learning magic and alchemy or what? Like, it's not not magic, air quotes, but alchemy. Yeah. You know, air quotes. It's, it's magic. It's just another kind of magic. But, like, I don't know. She's cool. It's cool to have the best friend wizard. Yeah. Chick. Super it's great. Yeah. Super useful. I did like that they gave her that moment at the end of the film where she is promoted to full alchemist. Yeah. Nice little reward cool, for her efforts. It's a cool facial tattoo and the eyeball thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Her her question to Ellen, um, like the secret that she is too afraid to ask is that it, it sounds like her, Amelia's parents weren't didn't want her to learn alchemy and yeah and ellen ratted her out to them um so she asked mm -hmm. like why why did you rat me out to my parents that i was taking uh archibald's lessons and ellen 
just very plainly is like, well, I was super jealous because you were you were doing all the cool shit of learning magic and I had to be a princess and learn how to curtsy and manners. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, very fair. I would be annoyed too. I would well, also be very jealous. <laughs> I guess that's, yeah, that's, you know, because it would be pretty sweet being a princess and like having people wait on you and like to give uh, you food and money. I guess, yeah. okay, I'm talking, I'm talking like fantasy movie princess, not like actual princess where you're just a <laughs> Where you used. have political things and, you know, you gotta get married off and like. Y- yeah. 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 Not, not real life princesshood where, yeah, you are just a, a thing to be traded. Fantasy yeah. princesshood where you get to be, you get to be a badass, um, witch destroying princess, but also people make you pie and give you things. <laughs> That's yeah. what I that's what I want. That's the life I want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think the one thing that I'm not sure about with this movie is I'm a little confused. Tyrion is destroyed, but it's explicitly like the curse continues without her, and it's mostly because the like the film Yeah. It like it it kind of told us repeatedly that, or at least how the characters understand it, is that the curse will end with either Mirian's death or the kiss of true love, and yet when they how it all plays out, Ellen's act of true love like reflects the magic onto Mirian, so Mirian turns herself to stone, which gives them time to destroy the crystal rose and like completely like destroy her power but the curse is still going on and it's not until ellen and john kiss that the curse is broken so then it's like it's still true love that breaks it but why didn't the true love before break it i uh, yeah unclear they don't really do a a, a great job of of that of that specific it was almost like they really they really wanted that shot of you know because again earlier in the film ellen kept trying to kiss with john and it kept failing and so you would have that shot of them kissing before the cloud overtook them but so it's like they wanted to have a moment where you think that's going to happen again but this time it works but they didn't quite like put the pieces yeah. in in order to make that feel logical. Yeah. It like it could just be that like it killing her was never going to stop the curse and uh like that was just how it is. It had to be the true love yeah. kiss, but no one, you know. No Which, one had that, that figured that... out. Cuz I guess like because cause what it was is that w- true love saved her from the petrification thing that, that, uh, yeah, uh, Marion did. And then they, and then they destroyed the rose and assumed that that was going to stop the, mm-hmm. the thing. But I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? It's more magic bureaucracy, I guess. It's like she already. S- <laughs> 
Yeah. Magic. She just already does scheduled what magic that stormcloud to come, and you can't just you can't just cancel on that. Yeah. 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 Like it was. It was on its and, way. And you know what? Maybe that's so. it. Because maybe maybe it was that it was like the stormcloud was literally already like already summoned and on its way, and if they had only defeated her <laughs> earlier, maybe it would have. I don't know. Maybe. Could have been a big clearer, yeah. I guess, is what I'm getting at. I mean, if it was going to happen anyway, she really just should have stayed hidden and not announced where the yeah. heck she was. And just let it happen, because then nothing would have... Yeah. That was, yeah, I will well. say, it was the moment yeah, that's... of Mirian yeah. realizing what's going on with the time loops. That was That was a good moment. Yeah, that was really cool. So it's like, oh, yeah. oh, you'll be back. Oh, she catches on super, super quick. I would not be that fucking smart. They would have gotten my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just like a, and and maybe yeah, because she she spends the movie. She's just she's found this like abandoned castle that she just hangs out in. She's got all of her crows flying around, and this kingdom knows that if there's a whole shitload load of crows, that's where Mirian is. And they did mm-hmm. the king did send I cut this out of the summary, but the king, in addition to the Prince John um plan, that was plan A. Plan B was to get a couple of witch hunters to go and try and kill Mirian. Um and they just these two dudes yeah. that like don't even don't even get past the door because the door like sends out a, a shockwave of magic to knock them on their ass. Yeah, they never actually get in to face her. Yeah, until they're they're part of like the big damn heroes moment at the uh, the end of the movie. But yeah, like so, Tamirian, she just needs to wait out the day in this castle where she thinks that she is super well protected. And, and, and yeah, and again, like we get to see the loops of like their their attempts to destroy her, like day after day, getting slowly better and better. And like maybe let's try sneak attack, maybe let's try knives, maybe um, do a cool spin, you know. <laughs> and so I don't know. I just like yeah. that because it does. Like Mir- Mirian is smart. But it, it doesn't seem like that at the beginning because y- you again you you kind of fall into this like fall into the illusion of it being safe that they have all the time in the world to figure out how to defeat her. So Mirian is less of a threat than yeah. you think she is until oh shit she knows now she has destroyed the rune of time oh shit oh shit we are boned we got one chance. <sighs> good movie <sighs> but i think that's gonna be it at least i don't have anything further that's really worth saying that isn't like some nitpicky little thing about this film yeah yeah no i just like it's a it's a fun little film and i enjoyed watching it and i am thank you christy for giving for starting us off the year with <laughs> with this yeah. you know I'm going to have to figure out a good clunker for us to look at I next. I mean, yeah, <laughs> this is the bad princess movie podcast. So yeah. I guess we do have to do some clunkers. 
Well, and the tricky thing is that the start of the year, I've realized it's prime territory for us to um, get a little too wrapped up in our own selfish time because we have, <laughs> your, we have your birthday month and then we immediately follow that with the April Prince month, which I often uh, yes. use to like do the, the, the do fun, <laughs> fun films that I just want an excuse to show them on this podcast. Uh-huh. So I need to I need to make sure we get at least a few bad movies in before we move into like the fun happy times of watching fun shit for March and, and April. Yeah, yeah. Gotta gotta oh, squeeze yeah. in some some <laughs> challenges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We <laughs> shall see. Stay tuned for that, folks. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think again we we enjoy this movie. I enjoy the hell out of it. Go watch this movie. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> but speaking speaking of clunkers, um, oh yeah, I will say we got a message on on Tumblr. We got an anonymous message. Um, yes, it's. Uh, I think I have the weirdest recommendation for the podcast that will also be the easiest due to the fact that you can watch it for free. So there's a film called that uh, is called Princess or uh, there's a princess movie called Our Drawings by Calibi on YouTube. <laughs> um, so we are aware of our drawings. Uh, <laughs> we have been sent our drawings. Um, thank you. Thank you very much for, for <laughs> sending that in. Um, we we are we are aware. We are unsure of, of how to proceed with yeah. um, our drawings because yeah, it's it's done sort of by an independent independent creator. Um, we we try not to dunk on things done by like small teams or like passion projects from from individual creators that sort of thing like that. That's not that's not what we're about here. Um, yeah, it's when it's it's a lot. It feels a lot safer to dunk on something like Swan Princess because Swan Princess is done by a team of anonymous people who probably <laughs> really don't give too much of a shits if we completely tear apart that movie. But yeah, it, it almost it feels a little. I don't know. I. Yeah, we're just a little unsure of how to proceed with a movie that was a passion project from someone, especially when it's a movie that I don't think we would have many kind things to say. Yeah, like, we, I mean, I, so I, in, when it was first recommended to me, uh, a while back, I I I got up to beatboxing Poppy. I didn't get very far <laughs> in, but uh, I did get up to beatboxing Poppy, and then I had to tap out. Uh, <laughs> it was very much a situation where I'm like, oh, you, you just... okay, but <laughs> I I also tapped out around beatboxing Puppy, but that's because I had shit to do that night, and I was like, I can't. I'm I feel myself being sucked into this film. And I, I cannot afford to hyperfixate on this movie right now. So, so, uh, yeah. All that to say, um, we, we know about it. We probably won't make an episode on it just because it's, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a very small, 
it's a it's a small production team that has I'm a high sure. chance of seeing what we say about it and that's you know yeah. we're not here to we're not here to tear people down yeah um, yeah they they do mention in the in their message that they found about the existence of the film through saber spark and they i believe that's a i think he's a, a an animation YouTuber. reviewer or on yeah. youtube who does a lot of sort of you know yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Smaller I, I know or of... like kind of clunkier animated films. I don't. I've never seen his stuff, but I am yeah. aware of him I, vaguely. Yeah. I I know of him because I like I I will fully admit I sometimes use YouTubers as a way to like like just see what's out there. Yeah, um, yeah. Because sometimes they discover a little film that I have never heard of and I want to get my hands on. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't want, I don't want to say never because maybe, maybe we have a revelation and we figure out one day a good approach to <laughs> an independent movie like that. Cause there's like, like you look at that movie and there's so much we could talk about. There's a lot we could talk about. It is like the most tantalizing carrot being dangled in front of my face. But again, to Bree's point. <laughs> I like I don't wanna I don't wanna make someone feel shitty because especially as someone who I draw, I make things and yeah. I have definitely spent a lot of years not being good at either. And it sucks when somebody dunks on you and you're not emotionally prepared for it or especially because like there's so many people dunking on that guy right now and i'm not saying it's undeserved because again it is it's not it's not a great film from the five minutes i have seen <laughs> yeah. i feel like it's safe I'm to sh- make that declaration <laughs> i'm um, sure you can find many many fo- like i was gonna say like i haven't i obviously haven't seen any of his uh his reviews or anything like that so i'm i'm unfamiliar of the quality but there is at least Saber Spark has done a, a film on it or a video on it, and I'm sure there's several other folks that you can find online who have who have uh, reviewed it. That you can yeah. you can probably find some some funny stuff. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but but thank regardless. Thank you, thank you for the the recommendation. And obviously, yes. this is not meant to be like any any like aspersions cast on the person that suggested it because it is very like i i was excited when brie showed this to me yeah um, when it when it was sent to me i was like i need to show this to christy immediately because christy yes. will lose her shit <laughs> yeah yeah and i again like maybe that needs to be maybe it's finally time for me to return to beatboxing puppy and finish that <laughs> film but yes thank you thank you for suggesting it um, yes, hopefully you, you are so not much. disappointed if we do yeah. not take a look at it. But again, thank you so much for suggesting. <sighs> but with that, I think we're going to wrap up here. Um, yeah. So if if you want to check out clips from this film, we're still on Twitter. I'm still hanging in there. We're somehow. still on there. We're <laughs> still in there because I, I don't have the mental energy to add another social media <laughs> account to my online uh, adventures. Um, but we have that. We have the catalog of Bad Princess Movies at badprincessmovies.com. And if you want to email us, 
uh, with like movie suggestions or just like email us with opinions. Uh, feel free to email us at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. Yeah, oh, I should say, I guess I will say, Brie, very quickly, um, one of one of our um, regular listeners and writers in Mel uh, emailed us just to wish us a happy new year and Aww. best of best of wishes for 2024. So uh, thank you, Mel. Um, thank you. Yeah, Mel. nice. We're, we're doing good. Our start to a year is going OK. Yeah, so far, so, f- oh, so good. Knock on wood. Yeah. Thank you. Much appreciated. Yeah. But I think we're we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah. Look, please look forward to the to the to the <laughs> treats we have for you coming up this year. <laughs> here's to a here's to a fun twenty twenty four. Yeah. Happy New Year. Very excited to make Brie watch Yu Gi Oh at some point. <laughs> That's a story for another day. <laughs> Please look forward to the some kind of Yu-Gi-Oh content this year. It's coming. We don't know when, and it we is... I don't know what, but it'll it'll be here. It's time to duel. It's time to duel. Goodbye, everyone. Good night. Good night. Goodbye. Good night. Good night. Good morning. Good day. Good evening. Goodbye. Later. Bye. 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 Oh, God. God. <laughs>